Hey guys, welcome to the Rack Fishing Association podcast. Today we got Dennis Graves with us, former veteran, and uh, we're going to go ahead and talk to him. We're going to get to know him, his story, what he does, and uh, how fishing and the outdoors has helped and uh, the impact that he makes in the community. Um, stay tuned, man. We're going to have a great conversation and uh, yeah, we're going to have a good time. So Dennis, uh, hey, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, yeah, of uh, course. Of course, man. Um, yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Let everybody know who you are, what you do. Um, a little bit about yourself, family, stuff like that, for those who don't know. Yeah, man. So uh, as you already introduced me, I'm Dennis, uh, Dennis Graves, and I am a 20-year uh, uh, retired Army veteran. Uh, uh, I was a ammunition, uh, an ammunition guy by trade. No 55 Bravo back in the day, or 89 Bravo now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, it, look, I I had a great and phenomenal career. I I loved being in the army. A um, little bit about my family. So uh, you know, I was married before I came in the army. So my wife has been a true uh, from before. Before I was married for about four and a half years before I joined, and uh, I joined late. I joined when I was twenty six. Um, and then, uh, you know, I have a, an awesome son and, and two beautiful daughters. And uh, then now, most recently in the last couple of years, I've, I've gotten a service dog, a disability service dog uh, by the name of Sarge. He's a, a giant schnauzer and about four years old. So uh, that basically makes up my family composition. I, I did retire down here in Tampa, Florida. Um, one of the biggest reasons why I retired down here was because I was one of the few unfortunate in the army to be stationed at mcdill air force base with uh, special operations command central and uh we knew that that when i came down here that this is where we're going to retire so uh that's why we went ahead and laid our roots down here and and that's kind of what led us to today right because uh with the rack with the with the rack fishing the fishing association uh i did uh see the social media posts about a uh a potential trip that that was a little while ago and uh, the invitation was uh, given and, and accepted. And let me tell you, man, I had a phenomenal time. It was the first time that I had ever been um, kayak fishing. And uh, I'll tell you, I am now one of those guys that's on social media all the time looking at kayaks that are, are sold and how people are building them up. Because although I don't have one yet, uh, I do know that that's going to happen in the uh, very near future. So uh, for that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for, for that opportunity also. Yeah, man, that's super awesome. Now we, uh, we've been staying pretty busy, dude. Like uh, I just brought on two more people to kind of volunteer for us. We have like a third person who wants to um, come on a volunteer and kind of help what we're doing. Um, but no, that's just, you know, it's exactly what it is, man. And, uh, you know, I think it's super funny. I'm actually, I joined the army when I was 26 too. And uh I joined as an ammunition specialist and uh, <laughs> and uh, for those who don't know, I mean, I think that uh, my job's pretty cool. I work with the uh, the Apache attack recon unit over at 4ID, Fort Carson. And uh, it's really cool, man, like hearing some of these dudes stories, like the pilots and watching what they do and um, shooting like hellfires and 30 millimeter rounds. And right. um, that's super American, dude. Um, and watching those guys operate out in the field environments and what they do and how tactical they are. Um, providing like overhead support for ground units and stuff like that. Um, so what uh what made you what made you get a, a service dog, Sarge? Um, how did that come about? So um, I'm a hundred percent disabled veteran. Uh, I was actually medically retired uh, at 20 years. 
and um, I, I had a career path of taking me almost 30, and uh, um, that just was not achievable with uh, a few different surgeries in the lower back region and uh, the left hip. And then um, how I got Sarge was through the uh, CJ3 Foundation. So uh, the CJ3 Foundation is an, org uh, an organization or a foundation that's a 501c3. And they focus on the primary mission is mental health, all right? That's, that's the main uh, part of their mission. And then uh, in addition to that, a secondary effect of that is if it is identified that you need one and or you want one or qualify for a service animal, uh, they will then uh, provide a fully trained service animal at no cost to the recipient. And uh, that's how I got him. I, I did go through the, uh, through, now I'm not afraid to talk about it. So if there's any questions out there uh, that people ever want to want to talk about or, or want to know about, please uh, don't, don't hesitate to, uh, to reach out. But, um, you know, I, I, I started going to behavior health after uh, one of my deployments. So that was pretty rough. Um, we ended up losing quite a few guys <clears throat> on that deployment. And, um, so I started going to what well, we called the behavioral health back in the day. I don't know what the army calls it now, but SBH, yeah, same thing. Behavioral health, and uh, so I, I started um, working with them and uh, getting the help uh, that they were providing uh, to be able to try to help me be a little bit stronger and, and sound of mind for my family. Keeping in mind, you know, I do have a 14-year-old daughter and, a, and an eight-year-old daughter and a, and a wife and a, and a grown son, but you know, if I'm not grounded, then the family's not grounded. And the wife, although she's carried all the weight and been the, the cornerstone of our family through my whole career, um, you know, she still needs help, too. And uh, not all of that can fall on her. And uh, through that process, um, it was identified before I even retired that I would be a potential candidate for a service animal. <clears throat> and uh, he doesn't only provide the mental and uh, aspect uh, um, services to me, but also physical um, at the same time. I do have a few physical limitations and uh, he definitely, uh, he's, he is trained to, to help me with that also. But that's how, that's how I got him. Yeah, that's super cool. And for those who don't know, you actually um, are the chapter representative for CJ3 in the Florida oh. or Tampa, Florida area? Right, no. So I am the ambassador. Ambassador, gotcha. For the state of Florida. So the 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 composition is uh, so we are headquartered in Virginia, um, through Eric Thomas. He is the president and, and founder of the the, the foundation, and uh, we have um, a board, uh, you know that that um, is active in the uh, foundation, and then uh, below the board is ambassadors, and uh, we have ambassadors in, in different states. I know we have uh, one in Georgia, uh, Alabama, uh, Wisconsin, uh, myself in Florida, and a few other states, Virginia, and so on. And um, what the ambassadors do is, is we try to, uh, the expectation is that we carry out the mission and, and, and try for community engagement for the foundation, right? We want to reach out to as many different uh, veterans, first responders, and law enforcement 
uh, personnel as possible and, and let them know uh, that we are here and what our mission is and how we could potentially help them get more uh, tools to add to their, their tool bag in a sense uh, to be able to cope with their, um, their mental strength you know, and, 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 and be able to help them, uh, I should say, strengthen their, their mental health. Um, and so that's, that's what we do. And so I, I am, I'm, I'm for the state of Florida. So I try to uh, do everything that I can to be uh, active in the, in those communities, whether it's through the VFW, uh, the DAV, the American Legion, the Elks Club, or even, I, I don't know if you're aware, but here in Tampa at the end of March, uh, we have the Tampa Air Show that's going to oh, yeah. be happening on McDeal and uh I may have a uh a booth set up down there um yeah I was trying to I was trying to get a booth too for rack but uh I reached out to the POC and they haven't got back to me yet and I was like well I, I guess it would be kind of awkward to um have like a bunch of airplanes and then like your random kayaks around <laughs> well it really isn't because you know it's not, dude, yeah. I've, I've been to all the air shows and uh the reason why I was looking at that is because there are so in hangar number two will be a ton of 501c3 uh, or 501 nonprofits, right? Oh, nice. Very cool. You're going to have, you're gonna have static displays of everything. Yeah. So to have some kayaks in there and to have some representation for rack would be awesome. And I'm in the same boat. I emailed the POC down there and I'm just waiting for her to respond back. Um, and, and in fact, I sent her up a follow-up email. Yeah, I probably need to send a follow-up too, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, so, you know, it's just that kind of stuff. It's community engagements. I have another, um, I, you know, I don't want to make this all about CJ3, but I, I no, man, I'm, I'm for it, dude. I'm for it. That, that, uh, I'm going to up in Jacksonville at the end of March. Um, there's a, uh, uh, an organization up there, um, that, their POC man, they, he was just online, and for some reason, CJ3 popped up as a possible page that he might be interested in. You know the whole, you know how Facebook works, man. You start oh, talking algorithm, yep. Just algorithms make it happen. But anyways, he reached out to us and said, "Hey, we'd be interested in having you come to talk to us." And it's probably going to be about 150 people there, so it's going to be a little bigger venue. Um, but yeah, it's just a bunch of old people, man. It's it's just <laughs> it, it really is. It, it, he 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 likened it to like the villages of Jacksonville. Yeah. So so if anyone lives in Florida or knows about Florida, the villages are just you know due north of us uh, near Ocala, mm -hmm. and is a one of the largest retirement communities in the state. I think it's the biggest. Yeah, it's, it's probably, it, it is. Yeah. It, have you know the villages are also in other states but that's the largest one for the state of florida so it's kind of like that um yeah. and so going up there at the end of march to uh to to talk with them and and share with them the uh, cj3 mission and um you know uh, be able to answer their questions and hopefully be able to uh bring some awareness to their area also yeah, and I, I think that's a super important, you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, like whenever I started Rack Fishing Association, we started off as like um, 2019 as a kayak fishing community, and it was just kayak fishing meetups, right? Like um, I, I used to work at PowerPole, which is uh, in Tampa Jail Marine Systems, and uh, I remember having a conversation with a, a guy there, one of the uh, one of the lead like branded guys, has uh, been there, 10-year kind of guy, and um, 
I was like, hey, why aren't there any kayak fishing tournaments? Like, we always get posters for boat fishing tournaments, but never kayak. And he's like, oh, won't you make one? You know, just joking around. And I was like, sure, I'll make one. Um, so I made like a whole trail, dude. And it was it was probably the shittiest kayak fishing trail ever made. Like, uh, we had five stops, and it was just super. Looking back at it, I was like, man, I don't know how I pulled that off, but I did. Um, and then covid hit so we actually ended up having to cancel our actual last tournament because actually covid hit i remember that now and then um i joined the army i was i was kind of like just working some dumb jobs and uh you know just life didn't life wasn't life and you know so i joined the army i was a covid recruit and um so whenever that happened uh we lost like three people in basic training and uh one left like a letter behind and was like, hey, like, you know, I severely hate my life. I hate this. This is not was what not what I was expecting. Um, you know, and I read the letter, dude, and it was just like super upsetting, you know. It's just like he's like, I try to do this, to make my mom proud, and like she hates me now. And like it was just like so much stuff, you know, it was really packed deep, dude. And uh, you know, and so then I just started having like a shift in focus, you know, like how can we prevent, you know, just not only like suicide, but just mental health in general, right? And like CJ3 does a great job with that with service dogs. Um, but I was like trying to figure out something that I could do that would help somebody too. And I was just like, you know, I went through the service dog route. I was trying to talk to this lady and she wasn't like even entertaining it. She had her own thing set up. She's in South Florida. And um, I was like, hey, what if we just do kayak for tournaments to benefit yours? And um, she was like, yeah, but like logistically it wouldn't work out. And I'm like, okay, well, like, say no to money then that's fine um and then you, no yeah yeah and then i you know i came to the conclusion i said hey you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna start uh kayak fishing like therapy you know even though i'm not a licensed therapist man it's just um you know like when you get out there and you're like around the birds you're around the elements you're around life and um you know you're doing your whole thing and you're out there and you're just like catching fish and you're on a kayak and you're with nature um it's super therapeutical you know and um well you the know first, the first outing we did was awesome dude um yeah it was great you know they uh and, and i would be remiss not to not to reinforce this but you know yes cj3 does uh we do have uh service animals that we have placed with recipients but um i think you've hit it on the nail uh just as we do and and our first and foremost mission is is mental health uh we do have a program um, for recipients and, and once they're once they are identified as as recipients they will actually go to iowa um, the foundation sends them to to albia iowa where we have a uh, a doctor up there that they work with and uh, spend a few days up there going through this program um uh, to help them out and uh, individually and uh and, and then when they go through that program, uh, that's that's really what, you know, Cyrus, that's really what is the basis of our foundation is to really be able to try to, like I said, help you or help a recipient uh, be able to, um, in a sense, come out of their shell, right? We've had some recipients um, that have been very uh, closed off and uh, are just not very... Uh, um, you know, very outgoing and, and everybody deals with their demons in a different way. And, uh, what we try to do is we try to help them supervent that. And, uh, that program in Iowa 
is phenomenal. I am a recipient of that. I went through that program myself um, up there, and uh, we do have the uh, CJ3 Foundation has, has just uh, recently, um, in the last uh, year or so, uh, we've acquired what they call the Kindle House or the Kindle Place. Um, it's a uh, it's an old uh, historical home there in Albia, and uh, it was one of the old governors uh, that it was uh, built for way back when. Um, but we now own that. Uh, CJ3 Foundation owns that building, and so um, it's in the process of being uh, remodeled and updated on the inside with uh, you know rooms. And in fact, today, uh, this is great that we're talking today. But today we actually had. Um, delivered to the house and installed one of the stair lifts so you know it's the chair that goes along the stairs oh that's really cool yeah right and so then that way somebody that has those limitations uh, can easily traverse uh the between the floors and uh let me tell you the 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 community in albia has come out strong right and the foundation and the supporters of the foundation have come out strong and, and supporting that and, and trying to raise the money to be able to cover um, the expenses that have been needed to make that uh, uh, what it is today. And, and what's great is, uh, you know, recipients will now have a place to go when they go to Albia through that program. They'll have a separate, beautiful home, right, where they can just decompress, man. If they want to sit you know, out on the porch, they want to sit around the uh, a fire or whatever, you know, uh, uh, whatever it might be and, and smoke a cigar and, 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 you know, have a beverage or just, uh, you know, reflect on what's happened uh, during the day, um, then they can do that, right? It's a chance for them to be able to, to really just reflect and to be able to uh, focus on uh, themselves and, and whatever they need to do at that time. And so we've been, we, we as a foundation, uh, and, and I'll tell you, you know, Eric uh, Thomas and, and Junior Coker and, and a few others um, have just been amazing in what they've been able to do with this foundation in just a few years. Um, and, I, and I, again, and, and you know, and the, the same thing with rack, right? So rack fishing i'll tell, let me share this experience with with everybody out there so as i said i i did uh see your posting on on a social media page saying hey any veterans out there want to go fishing hook us up and uh so i i you know responded back to it and then again i was invited and uh a guy that has never been kayak fishing i mean like real kayak fishing right i had no gear i showed up in shorts and t-shirt <laughs> and a hat with glasses and my Crocs. And you know what? Your volunteers came through, man. The way that you teamed us up with, uh, you know, kind of our, our guides, you know, a few days before. And then they reached out to us and they, uh, you know, were making sure we had everything we needed. And then there was an extra kayak and then. They're like, hey, you're using our gear, our poles, our bait. I mean, everything. I had to have nothing. You know what was great is all I needed to do was be out there and then, like you said earlier, enjoy the scenery, right? Enjoy catching some fish, talking with some veterans, and some phenomenal, phenomenal volunteers and the team that you have down here 
is just amazing. And and it would be, you know, we would be doing them no justice to, to let everybody know your team down here is not solely comprised of veterans or law enforcement or anything like that. You have quite a few that are just good, wholehearted people that love kayak fishing and love to be able to support those people like us. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. We have like, um, shout out to Todd, Todd Roman, dude. He's he's a uh, retired master sergeant and he was a 11, 11 Bravo infantry guy. Um, and he has a he has a YouTube channel called the Kayak Warrior. Um, it's like a faith based uh, kayak fishing YouTube channel. Um, but he's done like a few videos for us uh, on some of our outings. Um, and he's just a man. I can't talk enough about this guy. Like he's just a good wholehearted dude and uh, him. And then you have like a lot of other people, man, who like really stepped up. And like, I know, I think that uh, um, Todd's only like the veteran that really volunteers with us, but then you got Gordon, man. Gordon is a super phenomenal dude. Um, you got people like Joe Forsyth who, um fishes kayak trails he he goes around the state of florida and fishes kayak fishing tournaments and he's always like hey whenever i have a free time and it lines up i'll be there you know so this guy is like putting his own career because he, he's pretty much like a successful kayak fisherman um and he just drops like what he's doing and, and comes out and volunteers too sometimes and um a lot of the people that we have man are just like you said good like hearted people who just care about the veteran community um and and it's sad dude you know the, the sad part is about everything is the fact that like veterans get out and they don't have, you know, their whole career, like, you know, 10 year guys um, retired, they get out and they have this expe expectation, right? They get out and they um, have been used to competing their whole career, you know, competing for rank, um, competing for, you know, position, um, competing for just everything, you know, to be the best of the best. That's what the army teaches you, right? Like you have to be the best. Um, go to schools, go to, you know, selection, do all this type of, you know, different stuff, right? You're always pushing yourself to the limit career-wise, financially, emotionally, physically, deployments, like you got to kill the enemy, take control, right? Like we're taught that, you know what I'm saying? And um, what sucks is, you know, the guys get out and the government just washes them, you know, it's like, hey, thanks for your service. Here's your plaque. Um, have a good life. <laughs> and now these guys right here and they're just like well what the fuck do i do now um you know i i've gone this whole time i've gone you know i talked to a guy the other day 18 combat deployments right like special forces you know and you know a lot of stuff that he's done that he's not proud of right and he got out uh kayak fishing with us not too long ago and his his wife messaged me and she's like oh my god like thank you so much for this opportunity um his wife was the one that made him go and uh, this was like a month or two ago. And, you know, now he's like, hey, what can I do to help you guys? What can I do? Like, do you need a kayak? Do you need this? Do you need that? Like, he's pulling out resources from his ass, you know what I'm saying? Trying to help us because he sees the value in it. Um, and, it and it's just it's sad because, you know, you have a lot of people out there who get out. They don't have a hobby or passion. Um, and they don't know the available resources. Um, that are available to them, like CJ3 or like Rack Fishing Association, or even like the new what Club 214 that just came out in Tampa, Florida, right? With Paul that created that yep. for veteran outings. You know what I'm saying? Like go out drinking and meet other veterans in the community. Um, you know, and that's that's on the rise too. Like, you know, I just talked to Paul the other day, and you know, he's doing great things, right? Like uniting the veteran community, not even through 
anything, just getting together, hanging out, and being a team and camaraderie, right? Like, that's what we need. And, you know, I just think that the VA constantly fails um, everyday, you know, service members, right, like, to get out. And I got a buddy who just got out, um, and the VA gave him 93%. He makes, like, 2250 or whatever a month with his disability. And, you know, he's been in the infantry 14 years, literally just got out and they're washing him with, you know, 93%. And, you know, the, the difference is he's not going to be able to work because his back is messed up. Right. And so like, you know, you could have gave him the man hundred percent and, you know, made his money where he could have had a lot more, like almost double what he was making off 93%. And uh, it's just sad, you know? And so I think that it's our, our job, our duty, you know, not only, um, running successful nonprofits, right? And you be an ambassador for CJ3, but also to raise awareness for the available programs. Um, and what I'll do after this after this podcast, when we're done with this, uh, Yvette, which is, um, you know, another, um, she's a service member's wife who her husband came out with us too. Uh, and he had a, a great time as well. And, um, but she provided me a list of almost 100 different uh, services that they offer to veterans. Anywhere from excursions to cruises to getaways to therapists to free counseling, all types of stuff. So I'll make sure to link that after this. But I mean, I think the biggest part is knowing what's available and taking advantage of it and uh, not being afraid, like you said, to kind of get out of your shell and experience new things and to be vulnerable. You know, vulnerability is the biggest thing. You know, and and that's absolutely true. You know, the the vulnerability is it's probably the biggest thing is is. Just getting out there and and being able to uh, be comfortable. I, th- I think one of the the, the hardest things that I've uh, seen through others is the ability to be able to talk about what you're going through, sharing your experiences with others that that could grow from those, you know, and uh, so you know it's organizations like ours. You know, the CJ3 Foundation and, and yours, Rack, and others that are out there, the Club 214, uh, which which I also joined. You know, I, I follow them also, and I'm planning on going to one of their their meetups here. Uh, I think next month. Um, but uh, I look forward to that also. But you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's it's getting around those that that I don't know. They have the same mentality, right? It's people that have our same mentality, and uh, that that may be going through some of the same things that we have gone through or we are currently going through. And it's 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 check and balances. It's being able to help each other out, and uh, I think you know the the more organizations that you can you can uh, align yourself with, uh, the better off you are in, in in achieving that growth that all of us strive for, right? Um, and and you know that's 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 basically it in a nutshell. And and the other part of it that no one ever likes to talk about, and I know. You know, you we we have had this conversation before. Is you know the monetary part of it, right? So the you know I, I went. It, it just comes with the it comes with the territory when you're when you're running a foundation or you're running an association, um, you know, and you are a nonprofit. Well, that's exactly what that means. You don't have a checkbook at your backing call. You know, you don't have money just laying around. And bank accounts ready to pay for, you know, the next outings or to pay for the next recipient. And so, you know, that's that's something that that I would hope that as people are listening to the podcast, 
that they do go on and, and they do look at the links and, and they do go to uh, your social medias through Rack and uh, through the cj3foundation.org. And if they can, uh, please donate, right? Donate what you can. I, I know that you just started a, com- a campaign, I think it was like $22, uh, $22 or something like that. Um, to, to help generate funds, to, to help uh, get more veterans uh, and, and recipients out on the water. Because all that costs money, right? It, that, that, that a lot of money. Free. <laughs> it's a you lot know, of money, yeah. And we, can, we can look for donations all day long, right? We can look for people to donate equipment. We can look for people to, 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 to help us in that aspect. And there are a lot of people that have done so. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to raise money to be able to pay for all the other stuff that it it costs money to run these organizations. But I tell you, if people would just donate, if they could just see the faces, you know, the gratefulness from the recipients, it's just amazing. You know, and, and sometimes the, 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 the outer shell doesn't reflect the gratefulness right away. You know, sometimes you might get a guy that's like, hey, yeah, thanks. Cool. I appreciate it. But then, you know, once you plant that seed, man, not too long after that, all of a sudden that, that, that recipient is out talking about how great of a time they had on the water and you know, being able to hang out and have a little bit of a, a, a little food and barbecue thing afterwards on the beach and be able to just talk to other veterans or for us, you know, to be able to send a recipient to Iowa, right? And to be able to have them go through that program and then be able to go back to their own homes, their own workplaces, and be able to maybe perform a little bit better, you know, and, and be able to start working on their personal uh, growth, you know. And uh, the CJ3 Foundation, we also have uh, uh, another part of our mission is not just service dogs, but we do have um, an an outdoors part of it where we sponsor, we we help co-sponsor a a hunt that we do in Albany, Georgia every December. Awesome. Um, Yeah, man. And it's like 12 recipients. Um, and they go out there and, and listen, everything is paid for, man. You know, the CJ3 Foundation had uh, the rifles that we use were donated by uh, ADM, right, out of Wisconsin. And uh, they custom made, you know, these, these rifles. They're all chambered in 308s. And so the rifles are there. You know, service members don't have to show up. Vortex provided the lenses for them, you know, the, the, the optics. And, uh, so, and, and we have Shrivers, we have other, other, uh, companies out there that have provided other things such as the ammunition and, and whatever it may be, but you know, that still costs money. It's, it's the recipient getting to Albia uh, or not to Albia, but Albany, Georgia, right. Once he or she gets there, then it's, you know, giving them a place to stay at no cost during the hunt feeding them every day again at no cost uh to the recipient because what we want is we want for them to show up with zero stresses and all they have to worry about is making friends growing their family you know whether it be other service members or or whatever it might be 
and family of friends, and then to go out and, and kill some deer. Look, and if they don't, let's say they don't shoot anything. Maybe they just go out there and they sit in a tree stand and they just they just have that peace of mind and just they're just by themselves and they're able to just reflect on on what you know is in front of them and, and just enjoy that. Well then that's okay too, right? But uh you know that all costs money. And so I would I would implore all of those listeners out there to please um as you're looking to to you know support organizations please please go to cj3foundation.org and go to rack and uh and and donate so that way we can continue to have these wonderful programs out there to be able to help the the recipients be able to enjoy those outlets like what you talked about right and yeah we'll- and it's super important too like i think it's I think it's the funniest thing ever, dude. It's like uh, a lot of people will message me like, Oh, where's my donation going? Or where is this going? And you know, I've gotten, I gotten accused before of like stealing money and you know, Oh, you're just, you know, taking all the money and running blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, if anything, man, I personally pour hundreds and hundreds of dollars into this organization of my own money, you know, and that's how important uh, what we do is, you know, and, um, I'm always like really quick. Like if somebody needs to, you know, I had a guy the other night, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, I'm just, you know, my wife saw your post on the McDill, uh, Facebook group page. And, you know, she was like, Hey, um, you know, essentially, um, asked me if I can get out like as soon as possible with you. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, like, so I didn't have an outing anytime soon. So I personally paid, uh, I paid for um, a charter, like a fishing charter for him. And, um, you know, it was super awesome, you know, going through the uh, the process with him, getting him on a fishing charter. But I got him on a fishing charter the, the next day. Um, and I paid $500 out of my own pocket um, just to get him out, you know, just to get him out on a, on a, on a fishing trip. I knew he needed it and uh, it changed his life, man. And, you know, he, he came around and he said, Hey, like, uh, I want to pay this forward. Um, you know, and so what can I do? And I was like, Oh, you don't gotta do anything, man. Just, you know, I, I hope you appreciated the trip. Um, hope you appreciated the, you know, like just hope you had a good time. And, uh, little did he, little did I know he ended up going and paying for somebody else on behalf of rack fishing to get out on a fishing charter trip too. And he paid like four fifty of his own money for another veteran to get out and go fishing. And, uh, <laughs> And you that's know, what it's it, all about. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, and in, in, yeah, those are those are huge expenses. And I'm glad that you put monetary value behind what was paid because that gives the listeners a, just a just a small tidbit of what it can cost, you know, to be able to uh, help these recipients. Right. It's tough, dude. It's... And so and so that's why. Um, you know, we would. I can't even imagine how much CJ three pays for a dog oh. to get trained because I know when I got quoted, uh, I was looking into a dog for somebody, and it was like up 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 near uh, thirty five thousand dollars for just yeah. one dog. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's not just the the training of the dog. I mean, you know, the it's the acquisition, it's the training, it's the placement, right? It's it's everything that's all encompassing with it. And, 
you know, and, and, and if you really follow, you know, the ADA guidelines, you know, your, your, your service animal is not your pet before you receive it, right? Our, our service animals, our, our service dogs are not pets. These are working class dogs, right? And that's what I think a lot of people forget too. They see them out in public and they're like, oh, I want to pet them. Or it's so cute, you know? And uh, they're Uh, really quick to try to get the dog not to work. (laughs) It's uh, so I wanted to ask you too, man. um, How many, I didn't ask you earlier, how many deployments have you had? How many deployments you've been through? So on my, (laughs) on all my paperwork, when I finally got out of the military, I have 16 deployments that are listed. Um, but some of those were shorter deployments as I spent quite a few years in special operations, but it came out to 16 total. What was your, your role within the spec ops community? Like, uh, I know you're an ammunition specialist. So were you like attached to like 160th or. Um... No, no. I, I did. Uh, so I, I, I first did uh, when I, when I got over there, I went to first special forces group, second battalion. And I, I basically had always worked in an S3 capacity um like when i was there i was the uh the ammo obviously the ammo guy for the battalion um at i i never was down at the uh the group support battalion so i was never a handler i was always uh kind of a manager type you know, like a ncyc type deal right and so i never had any any soldiers under me but what i did was i i forecasted all their ammo um i i you know held the keys to the bunker to to do uh, individual issues to the to the young Bravos that would come in the 18 Bravos and and or uh, you know whoever was there to draw the the munitions um, and then uh, I would do the turn-ins and I would do the monthly draws from the ASPs and and then I would manage all the numbers and go to the ammo conferences and uh, and do the bigger forecasting through um, through USASOC and 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 bigger depending on if i was working in the theater or not but uh basically looking looking on that on that side um i would look at my my job was not just solely munitions though so i was more like a logistics uh role in general i i I didn't just do ammo um i did land right and then there was sometimes that i had to do air and uh and and just just you know general supplies It, it just Whatever they needed done to be able to support those those ODAs, that's basically what what we would do. Um, you know, I was the only ammunition uh, slotted billet for the battalion, um, so so I was a one man show, and there was very few, uh, um, you know, non eighteen series MOS uh, type. Um, soldiers that were working in the uh in the three shops so we were a hot commodity in a sense and uh they would really lean on us for logistics and and that really allowed us to and allowed me to grow um within within the you know the the military and it's just like when i got down here to tampa to special operations command well now that's a joint command so i'm not just doing army anymore now i'm learning that's true yeah. Well, I'm I'm learning Navy. Like I, I would I I went to a, a a location overseas to a Navy location, and I and I had to help them, 
you know, do some acquisition and, and to do some training and to do, you know, different things. And, uh, so it, it, it's, it literally was just, uh, it was just that it was, it was logistics in a nutshell. I'm pretty sure you have an impressive resume. (laughs) 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 It's impressive to those that were in the military. Um, when you, when you break it down though, to, uh, you know, when you when you break it down to a civilian, it it becomes just like a uh, logistics manager. Yeah, right? of course. That, that's basically what what I what I am or what we are in the civilian sector is is logistics. Yeah, and it's uh it's super cool. I, I think that uh you know ammunition is one of the biggest roles within the army, right? Like we we need ammunition. Um, that's what makes us a fighting force. Um. And I think my my fondest memory of uh, so far in my army career was uh, we went out to a um, uh, um, what a, a pistol range, and we're shooting or they're shooting all the officers and people are shooting, getting qualified. Um, then we go to do our dunnage, take our dunnage back to the truck, back to the motor pool. We're doing you know weighing it all, organizing everything. Um, we come up. Come up uh, 87 cases 87 um casing short for our uh, nine millimeter rounds so it's like six o'clock sun's going down we got to go to the uh to the nine mil range and like get on our hands and knees there's four of us to like pretty much come up with freaking 80 something plus casings um and we found them it was just it took us like six seven hours um, cause they blend in with all the gravel and the dirt and the rock. Um, and they're small, you know what I mean? It's not like you, you know, it's a five, five, six or seven, six, two round. Um, yeah. you know, these things are super small and I mean, but it's just, you know, that's just one of the suckiest parts of the, uh, the, the ammunition world, right? It's like you said earlier, checks and balances, right? You gotta make sure all your ammunition is correct and your documents are correct. And, um, it, it gets tough, man, especially when you have all that weight on you. Um, and people are relying on you to turn in, you know, you got the ASP. They don't care. They'll kick you back real quick, man. If, if you're, if your ammunition ain't there, that's your problem. And, you know, people don't understand the extremities, but that's like jail time. You know, if you're missing like an, you know, an ex- excessive amount of rounds, um, that's like jail time for us as ammunition specialists. Um, it's a federal charge, you know, and it's kind of sucks. Um, but other than that, dude, what, what's your, what's your favorite, you know, your favorite memory, um, you know, being, being deployed or, you know, in garrison, I always like to hear people's stories, man. Like, you know, their fondest, uh, their fondest memory or, you know, things that they've been through. You know, I don't, I've been asked this before and, uh, My fondest memories, I guess, you know, for me, it was just the traveling that, you know, I went to so many different places and seen so many different things. And, and, uh, you know, I, I guess that's, that's one of the most grateful things I I, I am about, you know, having the opportunity to be in, in that community was, was, was going to places where uh, my you know, guy, other guys that are in our in our jobs would have never been to. You know, they they never would have went to Bahrain. You know, as a, as a, as an as an army ammunition guy, right? 
Never. You never hear of our guys going to Bahrain. But I went no. there. <laughs> yeah, right? that's cool. Yeah. Other countries that I had an opportunity to go and spend time in and, and be able to work with uh, all the different uh, the, the different uh, forces all at the same time. Right. And that, and so uh, working with uh, the joint forces and, and seeing the way, you know, our Army Special Operations guys uh, work and then seeing how the, the NSW guys, the, the, the Naval Special Warfare um, SEAL guys work and uh, some other three lettered organizations, how they work and then how they can all coexist and work together. So I think that's probably one of the the coolest things uh, that I got to do and see that that would probably stick with me for, for a very long time. Um, there was one time though, that uh, in, in, in my career, when I was in Korea, all right, it wasn't, I, I went to Korea for an exercise over there and uh, I got to go on a Navy sub and uh, spend some time on a sub with uh, one of our, our dive teams Um and that that was that was awesome, right? It was the, the 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 sub was. It just made me realize that I made the right decision in not joining the navy. And <laughs> 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 not, not, but yeah, uh, no, you ain't lying. They love that stuff, but for me, uh, that that would not have been for me. But how many of our guys, again, especially you know, in our MOSs or, or in in any in, in any MOS in the army? would be able to say that they had the opportunity to do that. Not very many. No. Um, to say probably a handful at best. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that was, that was pretty cool. You know, that was, that was, and then, um, you know, the being able to meet people, the, the people that I've met, the lifelong friends uh, that I have, you know, and, 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 and that's how I met, you know, Eric Thomas, um, the founder of the CJ3 foundation and the president he he and i and our families were in korea together right so we we, we were stationed out in Busan, south korea um for about two years and uh we became friends we were not in the same unit but when your base is only a two mile perimeter um everybody knows everybody and uh you know our our children were about the same age and we just became friends with them and now they're like family to us Right. And so when he had this wonderful idea of the, the CJ3 Foundation and he started working it, I, I would let him know, hey, look, I'm I'm in it to help you. I, I want to be there and be part of it. And, uh, you know, as it started to grow a little bit more and, and he needed uh, he was looking for for more recipients and, and for for people to help him. Um, that's what I did. I, you know, he, I reached out to him. And uh, we we conversed back and forth, and uh, that's that's how I became an ambassador, um, you know, for the state of Florida. And uh, so that's 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 probably one of the the biggest things that stands out in my mind too. So so I could I could do that all night, right? There's, yeah, there's so no, for sure. And uh, I don't want to say that one was better than the other because they all were awesome in their own. No, that's super. Yeah, I uh, and I agree, man. Just the people that you meet, um, yeah, people that you end up becoming a family with. Um, you know, this dude. Uh, I'm a part of the Air Cav unit, so cavalry, and um, we did a spur ride. Um, this was like 
two weeks after I got off my calm leave, got an ankle surgery, I had to get a bone spur uh, cleaned out of my ankle. Um, so they slipped my ankle right down the middle and um, did a bunch of debris removal. And uh, two weeks after I got off calm leave, I didn't even do any major PT or anything like that. Uh, they signed me up for a spur ride. And uh, so I did the whole thing. And um, it was a three-day spur ride event. And what really, really sucked the most was, dude, and well, it has a really good ending. Um, but we ended up doing like 40 plus miles because we got lost in the dark and our uh, spur holder um, didn't know where they were going. So we didn't, it was raining. He lost his maps. It was just a fiasco, right? So we got to our patrol base at like three in the morning. And uh, so we laid down, it was like a field full of cactus that we laid down in the hills of Colorado. And um, so we're laying down this cactus and I ended up finally like shutting eye. Um, and then the, in the army, they teach you, you know, with your M4, you either sleep on it or sleep with it in your bag. Do not leave it out in the open. Like that's rule number one. Um, so I lay down for like 40 minutes, shut eye. All I heard was gas, gas, gas. And then uh, before I could even open my bibby to retrieve my pro mask, um, there was a CS capsule that was like a foot for me. And the way that the wind was going, it was going right into my face. So I ate a whole capsule of uh, CS gas. And, uh, dude, I was freaking crying, sneezing, snotting, uh, the whole thing, coughing, crying, like everything. Um, and then, you know, after that, dude, we, we took a, a Blackhawk ride back to the, to the, to the, um, to the patrol, other patrol base. And then we ended up rucking another 10 miles back to our hangar. Um, yeah. dude, I was super dehydrated, like cramping all over my whole body. Um, you know, we, we passed her spur, spur board, but we had a dude who was uh, Spanish. who couldn't, didn't know a lick of English. And, <laughs> uh, and so at the spur board, they ask you the fiddler's greed green, right? They ask you to recite that, which is, you know, pretty much your cavalry men who are never surrendering and they're going to empty their canteens and shoot themselves in the head before they surrender. Right. Like super hardcore, right. The, the poem that this guy wrote and, um, super, super cool. Like they're going to kill the horses. So that the other people can't get their horses and, you know, just kill themselves before they surrender. And then, uh, so he didn't know the fiddler's green. He didn't know anything about calf history. They give you a study guide the whole time we're there. And he's like, I don't know English, man. I don't know how to read it. Um, but he still got his spur, man. You know, it's just one of those things about tradition. He went through the hard work to earn them. Um, so here I am, dude, I'm like freaking super, uh, super exhausted. I get home. I call my wife. I'm like, hey, baby, I'm on the way home. Just got my spurs I'm coming home. And uh, so I get home, dude, and like all there's my three dogs, but I didn't see my wife in the house. I'm like, what the fuck? Where's my wife at? And then uh, I saw that she was like in the room. I'm like, okay, I called her name, nothing. I'm like, Where, what the hell's going on? So I get in there, dude, and she surprised me that she was pregnant. Um, that's when I first found out that she was pregnant <laughs> with, our, with our with our baby, dude. And uh, talking about being like super emotional already because I just went through this whole like three day ordeal, no sleep, like two hours max of sleep the whole time. And I only had two MREs the whole time, like had to ration that out. Um, and then I get home, I'm super dehydrated. Like my piss was like brown, dude. Like it was not good. Um, and then she surprised me and my whole time my ribs are cramping and I'm just like literally falling apart, dude. And uh, it was, it was very emotional, man. But you know, that's when I, on top of everything. And then she ended up being pregnant and it was just, it all worked out and it was, it was super, super awesome. I think that's like so far my, my greatest memory, which isn't a good one uh, as yeah. far as the spur ride goes, but I'm looking forward to a lot more, man. I think the army has a lot of great things to offer and 
so much to offer. It's it's and it's just you know giving yourself the opportunity. It's it, and and putting yourself in the right in in the right places to be able to to have those opportunities and and uh, not necessarily always being a yes man, right? Nobody likes a yes man. Um, they they want somebody that that really wants to be there and wants to do what they 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 need to do. Yeah, no nah, man, and uh, you know other than that, I just wanted to you know kind of bring this to a close. I know that it's getting a little late over in the East coast. Um, it's only eight forty five my time, man. But, you know, I just think that, uh, I think what we're, what we're both doing, man, is super beneficial to the community and, you know, it's super awesome, you know, between CJ three, uh, rack fishing, uh, you know, even club, uh, two fourteen, man, on the up and coming. Um, I, I like those guys. I think Paul's a good dude. Uh, but other than that, like, I just want to ask you, uh, if people want to donate to CJ three or if they want to become a recipient of a service dog, how do they go about that? Yeah, man. So, uh, it, it's super easy. Um, they can, they can put a Google search in for CJ three foundation, or they can uh, go to the CJ three. It's, it's Charlie Juliet and the number three. So it's CJ three foundation.org. And on there, you can read all about the foundation and what we've done. Um, you can you, you can fill out an application uh, to to be a recipient. You, there's a donation tab. You can you can donate right there on the uh, on on the on the page. Um, and we've got a swag store, so you know we've got t-shirts and we've got hats and sweatshirts and. I beans. always see the swag store. You guys do a great job on that. <laughs> we've got a swag store, and I'm telling you, you won't find any better swag out there. Um, it's it's just uh it's awesome we have our red shirts uh for for red fridays i highly encourage everybody to get one if they don't have one get a cj3 foundation red uh red shirt or sweatshirt uh, if you're in the in, up in the north you might need a sweatshirt if you're down south you don't need one but you might get one you need anyway. a tank top <laughs> yeah we red friday hat i mean it's yeah. you know so we we literally have uh we have an awesome swag store and we're and we're constantly trying to uh to 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 make sure that that people know about it and here's why right because if somebody buys a t-shirt it helps the foundation but then it also helps get the foundation out there because as they're wearing that that swag it's going to generate conversation right and and then it's just going to continue to 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 grow and uh, we would hope that it would continue to grow so that that's how that's 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 how they can do it and and if they need to man if they if they forget about this uh please you know share my my stuff on a link below yeah right you've got my information um you've got my all my information have somebody uh reach out to me um if they want to reach out to me via you know telephone and they and they get a hold of you via text message and you need to push on my information well that's okay too but uh there there should never be a reason why no one can uh get a hold of us yeah 100 percent. and uh now i look forward to seeing you man uh if i don't catch you when i come home this weekend or next week um hopefully at the mcdill air force show if we can get a hold of that poc you know what i'm saying that'd be cool yeah so hey other than that though man uh it's been an honor talking to you man uh no it's been a little bit under an hour but i think that we covered some good stuff man talk about some mental health issues and how we could take care of that and other organizations who um can help assist with uh things that we're going through so absolutely well thanks so. for having me on and, and and thanks for giving me the opportunity to uh to put CJ three foundation out there too. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, well that's pretty much all we got guys. Um, if y'all have any questions or anything, I'll make sure to put all the links in the, the, the comments and make sure everybody has 
the information um, readily available for them. Um, until next time, uh, talk to you guys soon.